Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Shriners Round 2 Recap, Round 3 Preview. Joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. What's up, Greg? Oh, we're going to go quick tonight. There's a lot to get in. We got a preview. We got a, we got a review to do. Uh, all of the above, and we're getting right to it. That's right. This is your ultra fast recap pod. So the top of the leaderboard, according to the odds makers, it's a two man race, Greg Bryson DeChambeau, two and a half to one to win Patrick Cantlay, three and a half to one to win. These were two golfers that were uh, some of the favorites coming into the week. Patrick Cantlay is going to be amongst a group at 14 under Bryson DeChambeau, just one shot back. Uh, they played in different waves. So we got to see a lot of both of these guys. What did you see from, them on Friday? Man, um, nothing special, honestly. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> there are a couple moments. Bryson had his moments. Patrick Cantlay, this round didn't seem like he did anything, and he shot six under uh, 65, and it just, it, it was like he's scrapping it around. I, I almost look at Patrick Cantlay as not being in great form, which um, is a testament to his ability and his comfort level here. As you know, Rick, he has three, he's, he has three <laughs> yeah. starts here. This is his fourth. Um, first, Second, second, I think he's comfortable. I think he is comfortable. He started on the back nine and he started slow. He was one over through three. His distance control looked out of whack. Then, uh, yeah, it wasn't spectacular. He just kept making birdies. And by the end of the day, it's a six under 65 and a share for the lead, which is impressive. And then Bryson did... You know, it started even slower. I, I mean, he threw what, like 12 holes? I think he had one eagle and a bogey. He was one under. Then he started to get it going. He takes advantage of 15 with a birdie, takes advantage of 16, makes an eagle, and he scraps together a 67. Yeah, and this was, I would say, the worst round he could shoot. I think this is par for him on the golf course. Uh, and he had to save it coming down the stretch. Um, but this is why, this is why exactly why it's par out here because you have these opportunities for Eagle so often. I mean, on 16, I don't know what he had in or what club he hit in, but I mean, you're talking about a par five with a front hole location with water short and he's backing it up. I mean, that, that ball spun backwards and so, you know, no flag is safe with Bryson out there. And the advantage that he has, we think of long hitters in throughout history as being a little bit more sporadic. It's, well, when they're on, they're really good. And when they're off, uh, well, it could get ugly quick. But with mm-hmm. Bryson, his, his distance um, and his putting ability, is all it's doing is raising his floor. It's where he can play terrible. Yeah, like he did today, and he has so many opportunities to. I mean, just make a fifteen foot one fifteen foot puck goes in, 
and it's for Eagle. And all of a sudden you're right back in it and you turn a bad round into a, a round that looks, uh, you know, looks pretty good. And it was terrible. So I, I think that's the worst he could have shot. You're right. I mean, he parred the other two par fives. He had 148 in on 16, which is the shot that you are referencing. He drove the green again on seven. Now he did convert that for Eagle. You're right. He pro- he probably does feel like he left a lot out there, which is just unbelievable yeah, stuff. I mean, you got to take it on playable. There, there were a yeah. lot of mistakes from him out there. I mean, he missed a green with a wedge and made a bogey. That was um, not great. I guess he got gusted by the wind, but there were definitely some errors out there. And it's just, it's amazing that that's the bad round. I'm going to start using that. Like when I fly a green, I got gusted there. Like gusted. That's what happened. Gusted. gusted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell yeah. me. <laughs> Hand, hands up to the sky, right? It's not you. It's somebody else. You got to take a look back. Look at the ground. What happened with that divot? There's something. It's like when you trip on something, you always got to take a look behind you and see what it was because it wasn't your fault. I love it. Um, there, this is the Shriners, and it would not be the Shriners if we didn't have a jam-packed leaderboard and plenty of low scores out there. I mean, I, when we look towards the weekend, I, I think obviously, and odds makers agree, it's a two-horse race. It's the two guys kind of leading into the week that we thought were going to be there. But I think there's a lot of guys that can make a move over the weekend, Greg. One of them, I think, is Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf is losing strokes off the tee over his first two rounds. Oh, by the way, he never does that. Uh, And I feel like every putt I saw, so there's the stat side of it that says the driver, his best weapon has let him down. That's probably not going to continue. And then the other side of it is the eye test, Greg, where it looked like he left every putt in the throat and nothing dropped for him. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it just looked like it was a struggle out there. And he's... 45 to one to win this golf tournament. He's sitting at eight under, which is it's, it's a ways back. you look at Bryson, who's five shots ahead of him. I mean, what, what do you have to do to make up five shots in two rounds on Bryson? It's going to take a round of 62. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you got to, you got to Kevin, not right. You got a 61, 62, which is out there. And I think that's the only thing that can beat Bryson. Cause I, I really, I'm even, even Patrick Cantlay, as bad as this round was today, he still gets in at four under. And I don't think he's going to play any worse than that throughout the rest of the week. Unless wind picks up, that's where if wind picks up and it changes the difficulty and you can get confused, you can get gusted right now. All of a sudden it brings a Matthew Wolf. It brings an eight under par guy into play. Um, but I mean, I, I, I think we're really looking at one guy and how well is he going to play over the weekend? That's the question. If it's not Bryson, who is it? Like, who is there anybody? I mean, Sergio's back in contention against Stuart Sink, who what leads the FedEx Cup standings in this young 2021 season. Like, is there anybody that can catch it, or is this just Bryson's to lose? It 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 is Bryson's to lose. So who's going to be there uh, at at the end? I think Cantlay has the game to to be there at the end. He's also one of those players, and Wolf is the same. Where the floor for them is really high, so the, they're they're always going to be making headway, and I think it's going to put him into the mix. Uh, Martin Laird is striking it with his irons, but it, you know this is almost like close your eyes and throw a dart at, a, at an empty dartboard because everybody here is doing something extraordinarily well. They're putting well, they're hitting the ball really well. They're leading in one category or another, and it just becomes difficult to predict who's going to play well. I mean, Brian Harmon, a guy that I thought was going to slide down the leaderboard yesterday, all of a sudden shoots 63 and he's right there. 
Brian Harmon's game doesn't look like it's, you're going to shoot, get a 63 out of him. There, there's not a lot of evidence that says he's going to shoot 63. So I do think it's a challenge. Um, but what I really like is a guy like Sergio and Stewart who have been playing well lately. You know they're extremely confident, and this isn't a fluke. Where Brian Harmon, there hasn't been a lot of previous occurrences of, um, of great finishes like this. So he may be a little bit more uncomfortable than a Sergio or a Stewart sink. The other guy that uh, I think is playing really well right now, probably free and easy coming off of last week, Peter Malnati continues to strike it well. And, uh, you know, he's he was feeling good last week with a, with a what, a solo second uh, or, or T2, probably feeling good this week as well. See if he can continue the momentum. Greg, would you like to double down on Brian Harmon as a guy who might fall down the leaderboard? Like what? what yeah, is- uh, why not? I'll double down on it, right? <laughs> we're, we're, this is, uh, th- uh, yeah, I'll double down on it. I'll I'll take my chances again. And I'm a Brian Harmon fan. I you just, are. This, That's the crazy part. You are right. a Brian Harmon fan. Yeah, I like the guy. But this isn't the kind of event where you expect him to go shoot 63. Brian, he plays a boring game, which I like personally as a as a coach. I like the boring game. But it doesn't work at this tournament. Oh, wait, he's tied for the lead. Yeah, in your, in your defense, he leads the field in strokes gained putting. He's gained nearly five and a half strokes on the green. Yeah, and he's, and a, he's great a great putter. putter. Yeah, he's a great putter, yeah. but... That's a huge number in two rounds. Even if it even if it cuts that in half, it would still be great, and it wouldn't be the pace that he's on. So I, I he's sliding tomorrow. He's sliding tomorrow. Uh, and then who else? I'm thinking here. You know, I, we always talk about the staying power. We're, we're 36 holes into this. You know, Martin Laird is tied for the lead. Martin Laird, Party Marty, not necessarily a guy who we see in the winner's circle very often on the PGA Tour. You expect him. We can double down on Austin Cook, James Hahn, guys near the top of the leaderboard, Nate Lashley. These are these are 36 hole guys. These aren't 72 hole guys. No, but they may be 54 hole guys. And yeah. I mean, Austin Cook, he's won before. He he could do it. I have a little bit of confidence in Austin Cook. I don't know about Martin Laird. He is the complete wild card to me. I have no idea what to expect. He's leading the field approaching the green, which I really like. Yet it it's Martin Laird. You're right. He's not a 72 hole guy. So he's likely to have a slip. It's easy to predict a guy slipping when they're leading the tournament. So I think targeting Brian Harmon and Martin Laird as guys who could slip is a great idea because they're in first. So there's, it's hard to go up from there. Your pre-tournament pick was Patrick Cantlay. Is that correct? Yes. My pre my one and done lead. Oh, I, I also, done. I liked, yeah, I liked Webb. I liked Cantlay as well. Okay. I didn't know who your like pick to win was. I didn't have it. It was, it was Webb Simpson. Okay. But your one and done was Cantlay. I picked Bryson. So we have a, uh, quite the weekend ahead of us. I think we're going to be happy. Yeah. This could be good. Yeah. I mean, they're, look, they're showing up and and they're ready to go. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. I think those two guys are going to be right there, uh, on Sunday night. There you go. Rapid recap for round two, preview for round three of the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Me, Rick Gaiman, at Rick Run Good. We'll be back with Mark Immelman after round three. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.
Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.